0: All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I said good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Joshua Liggins. I'm part of the uh, leadership team now here at Mosaic. Uh, always excited to get to preach in front of uh, the church family and um, excited about what I feel like the Lord's put on my heart this week to discuss. So to start off the sermon, I have to take you back in memory lane. Back, 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 down memory lane. My family is watching on YouTube today, and I'm, I'm sure they'll laugh at this story. But um, to set the framework of, of this story, uh, I have to let you know that my mom, Deborah Hampton, was an incredible athlete in high school. Unbelievable in track. She was in cheerleading, had a, a full ride to University of Detroit in cheerleading, but was a multi-event state champion in track in high school. Um, Won the four by one, won the four by two, I believe, and also won the high jump. My mom is only five three, five four if she stretches early that morning, and she jumped in high school over six feet for a high jump, to put that in comparison. I never jumped over six feet in the high jump uh, in my entire career. So that's my mom. My dad was also a great athlete as well. Uh, His wasn't as formally decorated in high school and things like that, but he was, as we called him in Detroit, a hood athlete, right? Like these were guys that would just go out and do incredible competitive things. Like I remember at a young age, my dad used to race his buddies up and down the street. They used to have competitions on who could jump over a certain car. Like they would just sprint up, jump over a car. Imagine you go out in your yard, you see this guys jumping over cars. My dad's only 5'9", and he used to, oftentimes when we'd go over to Mr. Jerry Carr's house, dunk basketballs. And so they would you know, see what kind of dunks they could do. So my parents were outstanding athletes and super fast. And I am their first child. And um, I was expected to be a pretty good athlete as well. And I, in, in different sports and skills things, I generally speaking did well. But in sprints, this was not my thing. And it was a consistent embarrassment to my parents, particularly to my mom. And so in Detroit, you know, it's, it's a very segregated area. All of my neighbors in that, well, the majority of the younger neighbors we had were black. And so we race and stuff and they would always dust me. But I'd do my best to keep up, whatever. You know, I was super competitive, never used to win. But then I moved to do, uh, to do school in the suburbs. My parents sent me to Warren, Michigan. Warren is completely white. Like all of the other students at our school were white. And so it was assumed by them, stereotypically, that I would be faster than all of them. And so they, it was soon found out that I wasn't, right? And so, which was always uh, a question mark uh, uh, to, to my buddies out there. So, that, that sets the framework for this event. We, we at Lincoln High School had what was called a jamboree, and they'd invite different schools to your school for this track jamboree. So on a weekend, there's like six, seven different schools there, and you have this competition. All of the schools that were invited to this particular event were predominantly black schools. And so there were events that my school was pretty confident we weren't going to win. We kind of wanted to leverage ourselves to the distance, put ourselves pretty competitive in certain races. But there were some races that we were just like, hey, it ain't going to happen. We need to save some of our best people for other events. One of those events was the 4x200, and if you don't know anything about track, this is a relay race and there's four individuals that are running a a 200 meter sprint around this track. So it's two times around the track with four people. Uh, They pulled out the best guy from this event, the anchor, who's the, the last guy running, and they replaced them with me because they were sure we weren't going to win this race. and so. My mom is in the stands, although very embarrassed with my track skills, was always there to support me. And so my mom is in the stands and I tell her, hey mom, they put me in the four by two and her eyes got big. And she, you know, she's looking around, kind of assumed again, well, it probably won't be that bad because it's not like you guys are gonna win this thing, you know, just give it your all. So the race starts, boom. Our first guy takes off and he's having a great run. It's him and this other guy kind of tied for first place and passes off the baton. We have a clean pass. The team that was tied for first, they fumble it. So they're out. Our guy is in first place. Coming around to the the third person, the second leg is in first place. And it gets to the third leg. Our third leg is just having a blistering of a day. He takes off. We are well in third place. We're gaining on, on the rest of the field. And now here's the only black guy at Warren Lincoln High School, and I'm the anchor, and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I stick my hand. i would never even taken a relay pass. I didn't even, I go sprinting as hard as I can. They pass it to me. We have a clean pass. I got it, and I'm in first place. I am running as hard as I can, at least in my mind. I've not trained for this, I've not practiced for this, I'm not a sprinter, I'm a high jumper and a long jumper, and I'm just kicking my arms and moving, or kicking my legs and moving my arms as fast as I can. And I hear my mom in this again, run, run! She's screaming as loud as she can. And as I'm going, I see this guy start tracking tracking me down on the outside. And I'm like, whoo, he's on the outside, so it's longer for him, I can still, now he starts passing me up. I'm like, all right, guy on the inside starts coming. Now I'm, I'm like, third place ain't bad. If I get home, third, by the time I get zoom, 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 I took dead last, <laughs> dead last. My mom could not have been more embarrassed uh, of anything that I had done in my life then in that moment. And she told me, you look like you're running in place, like everything that I was doing was, I, I wasn't prepared for this. I wasn't training for this. I wasn't, I just went out there and was hoping to do well. And I say, I introduce with that story because many of us, I believe, are going about our Christian walk the same way. We're not training, we're not preparing, we're not doing the things that we need to do to be successful in this. We're just going out there and giving it a go because our mom did it and our mom told us to. And we're thinking that just because mom was successful in her race means I'm gonna be successful in mine. Well, that's not the case. And if we're not doing the necessary things that we need to do to be, success- to be successful in our Christian race and the race of this life, then we're gonna be just as successful as I was in that, four, point, uh, in that uh, four by two relay. And so today we wanna to talk about what are some of the things that we can do as brothers and sisters in Christ to become more equipped, to, to be more trained so that as we're in this race, um, that, that we will win the crown uh, that we're all aspiring for. So before we get further into the sermon, um, we have questions here at Mosaic, some uh, study group or our group section questions. I guess Dennis doesn't particularly have a group, so Dennis can join LaRonda's group. But we'll circle up and take a few minutes, and here are the questions that you guys have for this week. If you had to run 100 miles three months from today, what would you do to get ready? And then the second question is, what kind of clothing would you avoid if you were going to run 100 miles? We'll gather back in about six minutes. So scripture says that in the book of Hebrews, that we're in a race. And this race isn't a sprint, it's actually um, a marathon. It's a long race, a metaphorical marathon. It's one that we're called to run with perseverance. The, the Christian life isn't about you know going hard right now and then taking off the next couple of months and then doing it again. It's about consistency and continuing to run and to run and to run all the way to the end. And Paul tells us that there are certain things that we need to do to be able to finish this race well. Um, And so in Hebrews 12, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so Paul says that for us to be able to run this race, we have to get rid of things. We're not going to be able to keep all of the things that we would normally have on us, and be able to run this race. In our our culture, you know, um, boy, this jumped. You may have on your iPhone, you may have a baseball cap, you may have a backpack, you may have a briefcase, you may have luggage. Those things can't come with you on a marathon. Those things will, will inhibit you from being able to reach your goal. And so Paul is saying the same thing, that there's things in our lives that if we wanna run this race well, we need to get rid of and get away from the things that will hinder us from hitting our goals. And he also speaks to sin, things that so easily entangle. And I know Noah uh, speaks a lot about that. So if you look at this photo here. Whoa, I went the wrong way. Sorry, guys. There we go. You look at this photo here. We got two cool guys up here. Now, if I told you guys that the two guys right here are getting ready to go on a date, not with each other other. (laughs) they're both planning to take out their girlfriend which one would you say wives yeah well at this this is college these are college days (laughs) our current wives which which one would you say is better prepared for that occasion I'd like to say the individual on the right the individual on the right has on a dress shirt like you know A little dapper. This is old school. We don't wear things as baggy as that anymore. But back in 2002, this was it. Like this was the outfit, right? And we're ready. And we're ready to rock. But if I told you that the two of these guys are getting ready for a marathon, which one do you think is better prepared for the marathon? It would be the guy on your left, which is Noah. I don't know if you guys caught that with with the pumping biceps coming off. Not everybody can run a marathon, but even fewer people can run and flex on you as as they're coming by. And it's not to say that anything is wrong with the outfit uh, that is on the right. But that outfit on the right isn't going to allow you to run a marathon. There's too many layers. You're gonna get too hot. Your shoes aren't right for this occasion. Why are you wearing a jacket? is going to be floppy, right? This doesn't allow you to be successful in that space. And so the point I wanna, I wanna um, get across is that the attire that you have on should match your goals. If you're getting ready for an interview, many of the men in here would throw on a black suit, right? That, that lets them know that I'm ready for an interview. If you're getting ready for a basketball game, you're gonna wear basketball shoes, basketball shorts, and probably a tank top. So what, are the, what is the attire that we need to wear as Christians spiritually to be able to run this race well? And we see that in the book of Colossians chapter three. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly, lo- holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. If you want to run the race well as a follower of Christ, if you spiritually want to complete this mission, if you want to make it to the finish line, you will not get there without having the right attire. You won't get there without having a heart of compassion. You just won't sustain. If you don't care about other people, if you aren't concerned about other people's situation, if you don't have a heart to go after the broken, to be there to support them, to love on them, you're not going to finish this race. If you don't have a heart of kindness, if you don't have humility, if you think more about yourself than you think about others around you, this Christian race is going to be extremely, extremely difficult for you. Gentleness. If you're always at friction with people, if you're always aggressive with people, if you can't be gentle this Christian race is going to be extremely difficult for you, impatient. We're in a world that's not our own, being called to minister to people about the Lord, to be ambassadors for Christ. If we can't have patience about where, where people are currently at and to, and to meet them there and to pull them into the kingdom, we won't finish this race. If, we, if, if forgiveness if we don't have a heart of forgiving others, if we walk in bitterness, if we hold on to grudges, if we can't get over things and forgive people radically, this race is gonna be extremely difficult for you. And if we don't have love which binds all of those things together, it's practically impossible. It's practically impossible. In the same way that, you know, as we as I listen to you guys talking in your group, there's certain things that you believe to run hundred miles, you needed to have from an equipment and from an attire standpoint to be successful. I heard, you know, you should probably have running shoes. Not just any running shoes, good running shoes. You may wanna have the orthotic running shoes customized for you if you're gonna run that distance. You may wanna invest in that. I heard somebody mentioned you might wanna wear reflective gear. Because if you're going 100 miles, you're probably not just going to be running during the day. It's actually preferred that you don't run just during the day because sometimes the coolness of the night allows you to go further, but you want to have reflective gear at that time. Like there's dozens of things that we need to be successful. We talked about what kind of things do we avoid. I heard somebody say dress shoes. Yeah, you probably don't want to run a, try to run a marathon in some Gucci loafers. You know, that may not be the shoe of choice. You might want to go closer to Hoka's or Asics or something like that. Why? Because the loafers will cause such pain on your feet that you won't even get 10 miles, forget 100 miles. Those loafers are the same as walking in unforgiveness and expecting to complete a marathon. Somebody that's running with a backpack on and, and you know, cargo pants or something like that would be the same as somebody choosing not to be gentle or choosing not to be kind. Man, you are gonna make this race much more difficult for you than it needs to be, and you likely won't be successful, and you'll likely end up quitting. And so God continues to tell us, hey, you know, we wanna clothe ourselves and equip ourselves with the right things so that we can finish this race. So to run 100 miles, you must. It's so a couple things. First thing you wanna do is train, right? And I, I, I put three months up there and immediately start getting you know, pushback. I was assuming there's gonna be some people that here that ran. I knew Noah ran. Three months ain't long enough. It's not long enough to, to get prepared to run 100 miles. We have to train. We have, you would have to start proactively doing things to increase your cardiovascular health to be able to do a race like that. There's nobody in this room that would, that would suggest or believe that we would have success if we just all got up right now and decided, you know what, let's go run 100 miles. Let's do it, guys. Hoorah. You know, let's make it happen. Let's run 100 miles just because we want to run 100 miles. Nobody here would agree with that. However, we go about our Christian walk sometimes believing that we can run this race spiritually without training, without building our muscle in that space. And I don't know where we get this from because you don't, you won't find it in a Bible. I mean, Jesus trained 12 guys for years, years to prepare them for the ministry that he had for them to go into, right? So we see it there. We even read in the book of 2 um, Timothy that All scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training, right? So that the servant of God will be well equipped for good works. Like there's training that they would put people through to get ready to do these good works. And so, as believers in Christ, we need to be diligent in training. We have not only are we running a race, we have an enemy that's out there intending to throw us off course, intending to impact us negatively on this race. And if we're not focused, if we're not learned in that space, man, we might have a really difficult time finishing this thing. We have to wear the right equipment. We talked about earlier, making sure you have on the right uh, wardrobe for when you, you join into this race, making sure that we don't have wardrobe malfunctions that when we're getting into this race, right? So our attire should match our goals. And as believers in Christ, there's certain spiritual attire that we need to be shopping for and putting on regularly and getting better at so that as we run this race, we'll be more successful. Oh, my clicker shut down. Having the right mindset. There was a guy, so when I was, I was looking up marathons, I learned about these ultra marathons, which I guess an ultra marathon technically is anything over 26.2 miles, but I feel like if you run 27, is that really ultra? I don't know. Um, generally speaking, you're either running a 50 mile race or a hundred miles. And so there's this guy, his name is uh, Jesse Itzler. He's, he was a keynote at an event that I was at and he was talking about his journey <clears throat> to being able to run 100 miles and um, he used to plateau somewhere in the like, 40 to 50 mile range. So he hired a guy, a former Navy SEAL, to prepare him for this race because he heard there was a Navy SEAL that helped this other guy, started a much lower number and got him all the way to 100. And so it's like, this is the guy that is gonna help me get to my goal. Even before we go further in the story, I think about, do, do we benchmark ourselves like that as believers and seek out discipleship and seek out individuals that can help us get to where we wanna be spiritually? Or are we just content with wherever it is we're running right now? Do we aspire to be better? You know, and I think we should do that as believers, as husbands, as dads, as you know, people in our church, in any in any faculty of responsibility that the Lord's given us. We should want to get better. want should want to get better financially. Sometimes hanging out with Joel, it's like yo, he's a little bit more aggressive. Uh, And better from a financial standpoint than I'm comfortable being sometimes, but I have to put my immerse myself in that Because if you don't you don't get better, right? And so Jesse hires this guy this Navy SEAL and this Navy SEAL tells him He didn't actually give him much from like a physical training standpoint because Jesse was was pretty much in shape but he adjusted him from a mindset standpoint he told him that I don't care what the situation is. If I ask you, how are you feeling? You have to say outstanding. He said, how are you feeling? Outstanding. How are you feeling? Outstanding. Okay. So they end up getting rent. Jesse's like, that's it? Like, that's the whole, I paid this dude to live in my house to to train me, and all he's telling me is to say outstanding? Every time he asks me this question, he's like, what a waste waste of money. But whatever, I kind of keep the guy with him. So he starts the race. This is, I think, three weeks later, or three days later. Start the race, or three weeks later. Starts the race. Jesse says he gets to about 74 miles, and defeat is imminent. He was like, dude, I, like, I have nothing left. I have given this my all, and I'm about to collapse. But the, but the Navy SEAL told them before the race, he was like, there's, there's two things. There's two options for us today. Either we are going to be successful and you are gonna finish this 100 miles, or you are going to exhaust yourself on, that, on this uh, course, give everything you have and collapse. It was like either one of those are inappropriate, uh, either one of those is something that we can accept. What we will not accept is going down, sitting in this chair and quitting. So it is either we continue to run to the end or we fall out on this course, Jesse says. All right, dude, all right, we're, I'm with it. So they're running, he gets to, to about 74 miles and he's like, that, that whole collapse part is coming. And he's, he's asking him, how are you feeling? Outstanding, how are you feeling? standing?" And so the, the Navy SEAL sees that he's getting to a point where um, it's about to be the end. And he says, Jesse, I got something to tell you, man. I've never told anybody about this in my life. I got this secret to tell you. And he's like, bro, I don't want to hear about your secrets right now. <laughs> like, I just want to finish this race and be done. He was like, no, you got to listen to me. He was like, I don't know if it was just at birth or if it's something God blessed me with, but I don't get tired. It's like, you don't get tired. He's like, yeah, I don't get tired. It's like, I just, I never get tired. And he was like, say it with me, I don't get tired. He was like, I don't get tired. <laughs> he was like, no, say it like you mean it. He was like, I don't get tired. He was like, Jesse, this is what we're gonna do. It's like, we're gonna pull over here at this, at this medic station. He was like, and I want you to tell them our secret. So Jesse pulls in, they go in, they give the guy some soup or something. And he introduces himself, hey guys, I'm Jesse Hitzler. Uh, this is my friend, Rick. We got this, this secret, we don't get tired. And they're looking at him like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, we got this secret, we don't get tired. The, the guy pulls him by the chest, says, let's go. They run back out, starts running again. He says, uh, Jesse, how are you feeling? He was like, outstanding. He was like, Jesse, do we get tired? I don't get tired. Boom, they get to mile 80. He was like, he's got six toenails floating in his shoes. If you guys run distances like this, you know your toenails end up call it uh, falling off. It was like, Jesse, how you feeling? I feel outstanding. Jesse, do you get tired? I don't get tired. He goes to mild market 85, 86, 87, 88, 89. How do you feel? Outstanding. 90, how do you feel? Outstanding. Do you get tired? I don't get tired. 91, 92, 93, 95. How do you feel? Outstanding. Do you get tired? I don't get tired. 96, 97, 98, 99, 100 miles. Finishes it because I don't get tired. And how do I feel? Outstanding. Did his physical, anything change in him physically? No. Was anything different about his situation? No. What was different was his mindset. His mindset, he said, the the Navy SEAL later said, I don't give a voice I don't give a voice to to my opposition. So if fatigue is the opposition of me getting to my goal, I don't give it a voice. I won't admit to being tired. If you ask me if I'm tired, I don't get tired. What is that? And I'm like, man, I wonder in our race do we have people in our lives like that, that are reminding us, hey, I'm mad at this person. I don't walk in unforgiveness. Hey, that person really did, yeah, but I don't walk in unforgiveness. That's not what I do. How do you feel? Outstanding. How do you feel? I'm blessed by the Lord. Man, you just got fired from your job. How do you feel? I'm blessed by the Lord. Do we have people that are pruning our mindset like that? Because if we have people in our circle like that, if we jump into the text and we're reminded about that, we have a much greater chance of finishing this race. But if we're surrounding ourselves with people that are woe is me. And you know what? I know the Bible says to forgive as the Lord forgave you, but man, look at what they did. I mean, God really ain't gonna trip on that. Like if we're, what are, what are we giving a voice to? And if we're not giving a voice to the things that edify the, the spirit inside of us that God is trying to grow and to run this race, then we're getting entangled with the things that hinder us and are gonna cause us to deviate off course and not be the individual that God wants us to be. And the last thing, if you wanna run 100 miles, you must get comfortable being uncomfortable. You run a marathon, you run 100 miles, there's a lot of things that can happen. One, you definitely gonna to lose toenails. I know we talked, I mentioned that earlier, but that's a given. That, that will happen you run 100 miles. Um, you will likely have cramps in your body. You will lose a tremendous amount of water from your body. Um, There's many people that go into renal failure, kidney failure, as they're trying to pursue through these things due to malnutrition. There's a lot of difficulties that come your way when you're running 100 miles. If you don't know that beforehand and these things start to present, it will likely knock you off course. It will likely cause you to be so alarmed that you say, you know what, maybe this ain't for me. I'm out, I quit, right? But if you know those things are coming and you prepare yourselves for them and you have a community of people that are joining you in that fight, not to say that it won't be difficult, but you also won't be alone. And there's a much better chance of you having success in that. Spiritually, we have that same fight. Spiritually, we're promised that there will be difficulty for us. Jesus says, if they hate you, know that they hated me first. And if you're gonna follow after him, you're probably gonna be hated too. So we prepare for that. We understand that to win this race, we're not gonna be able to be comfortable. Frankly, if you look at somebody and they look really comfortable There's a likelihood that they're not running a hundred mile race right now And if you look at a Christian spiritually and they look very comfortable in all situations in every parts of, of all the parts that this world has to offer they just fit along well and get along well. There's a I'm not saying it's for certain, but there's a good chance They're probably not running that race they're probably taking off, stepping off to take a break from it. There's another story with Jesse Itzler. If you guys get a chance, you should look at him. He, he has a really neat story. Um, but he, before he was getting ready for the 100-mile race, he was getting ready for a different race and he hired a different Navy SEAL to come out and spend 31 days at his house and he, and he writes this book about it. And so the Navy SEAL comes out and he has him doing pull-ups and all this other, stuff to, to really just push him. So the first day he has him do, first day they go to the gym, he's like, give me as many pull-ups as you can. He says he did eight, but it sounds like really he only did four. He just wanted to embellish it a little bit to, to save a little face. So he does, let's say eight pull-ups. Next round, he says, all right, do it again. He does like five pull-ups, he says, do it again. He does one pull-up, he says, do it again. He's like, dude, how, how many of these are we doing? He said, we're gonna keep doing pull-ups, until you get to 100. I was like, that's impossible, man. I've never done 100 pull-ups in my entire life. I'm not gonna do it today. It's like, the, the, the big issue with you is that you're not okay being uncomfortable. You're not okay being in discomfort so that you can grow. It's like, you gotta get comfortable being uncomfortable and make them do the pull-ups. And he sat there for hours. Said it was probably three hours by the time he finished these 100 pull-ups. The next day, it says freezing cold outside, They got all these alerts like, don't go outside, don't do this, don't do this, la-da-da-da-da. You guys have seen them in Michigan. They happen like every week here. Um, And the the Navy SEAL takes them out to the backyard, pulls out a boulder, they lived on a lake, pulls out a boulder and starts beating a hole into the ice. Opens up a hole in the ice, dude jumps in. And it's freezing cold outside, like every advisory, Uh, weather advisory is out on this day jumps in and he's in there bathing in it points to Jesse tells him to jump in. Jesse's like, dude, I don't, who did I invite to my house? But you know, you had him there. So he jumps in. Uh, eventually they get out. He goes sprinting to his house, sprinting, you know, into his home. His wife is standing there at the window and the wife livid starts yelling at the Navy. So what is the health benefit of doing this? Why are you putting my husband through this? And he's like, there's no health benefit to it. But mentally, it's about being comfortable or getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And if you can, if you can adjust your mind from having to always be comfortable, then now we have a chance of actually following Christ. And these are some, these are some of the things that he called out to people were saying they wanted to follow him at the time he says foxes have holes birds have nests the son of man has no place to lay his head this will not be comfortable this is not a country club this is a marathon this is a race that takes everything out of you to complete and if you're up for it jesus will yoke himself right next to you and pull you across that finish line but you have to be willing to give your all. And so guys, I, I just wanna challenge us with the perspective that we're in a race. We're in a race for our lives. We're in a race for, a li- for the community. You know, we're at a church where we're trying to fight the one first trying to bring the good news of the gospel to a world that overtly rejected Christ. That's not an easy task. And it's not gonna be something that we're gonna accomplish if we're just needing to be comfortable all the time. And the second thing that we're trying to fight here is a history of racism in the United States. And the spirit of that in the United States, the spirit of that in our communities. Guys, that is not, again, not an easy task. And if we're not gonna train if we're not going to be well equipped if we're not going to have the right mindset and if we're not going to get comfortable being uncomfortable then we're setting ourselves up for futility but if we do those things and we commit to training and we commit to growing and we commit to to being equipped and we fix our eyes on Christ guys you know we we can run the greatest race of all time and change this world. Just like the people that Jesus trained for three years changed the world. And so that's my prayer, is that, that at Mosaic you, we will not be like Josh Liggins on a final leg of a, of a four by 200 out there not knowing what we're doing and why and embarrassing our mothers. But we would, <laughs> But we would be trained, equipped, and ready to go do things that people thought before we're impossible. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your loving grace, your mercy, your kindness, your goodness to us. Father, I'm so grateful that you've invited us to participate in this race, Lord, that you've brought us along on the relay. Lord, I pray that everyone in this room that you call child and, and, and that calls you father will run this race well. That we would honor you in our diligence, Father, that we would part ways and get rid of the things that entangle us, the things that may seem good but are not of you, the things that the world might say is good but really aren't the things that we need to finish the race. Father, I pray that we would be hydrated in your Holy Spirit every day. Father, I pray that we would be strengthened in your love. I pray that our eyes wouldn't have peripheral vision, but it would be locked, focused on your son, Jesus, and that we would run as he did. Father, I pray that as we are in this community that that you would open up the hearts of Individuals here that may not know you, Lord, that their hearts would become fertile ground, Lord, that the seeds of righteousness would be planted in their hearts, that they would accept you as Lord and Savior, and that they would join us in this race as well, Father. We're grateful for your love, grateful for your mercy. Open our hearts, Father, to ways that we can do better in this space. Open up our hearts, Lord, to ways that, uh, to things that are entangling us that maybe we're not even aware of, Lord. We thank you for your love and grace and all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.